Hi, I'm James Kotecki. You're listening to the C-Space Studio Podcast. Interviews with technology, media, and marketing leaders from CES 2020. Welcome. I am James Kotecki here in the C-Space studio at CES 2020. Joining me, Jeff Schiller, Chief Revenue Officer, Group 9 Media. Thanks for being here. Happy to be here. So Group 9, formerly Pop Sugar, you recently rebranded as Group 9. Just Can you contextualize for us what the different brands are under the Group 9 umbrella, what Group 9 is? Absolutely. So Group 9 is a house of brands. We have five of them. So Pop Sugar is the newest addition to the family. We have Thrillist, we have Seeker, we have the Dodo, and we have Now This. So really, it's at scale about reaching young people, being the most influential within the variety of passion points that we cover. And as a through line, it's really about being bound by optimism and having brand purpose. Those are kind of the common traits across all five brands. And these are content companies. Is that how you would describe them? Is that Absolutely. The right They're just next generation there's video, media. There's articles. There's, 100%. Yeah. yeah. And they all have purpose. So the, yeah. the communities that engage with them, all formats, video, written, experiential, et cetera. The Dodo is about animals, Yes, right? it is the number one animal brand on the planet. Mm-hmm. So if you're an animal lover, that is the place for you. Uh, animals are the connection to family, so it's all about parents, family, mm-hmm. pets, and being kind of the, the centerpiece of that. Uh, Pop Sugar, obviously, is about women, and in particular young women, about no judgments, endless possibilities. The Seeker is all about space, health, innovation. Uh, Thrillist is about taking fun seriously, so it's like the unexpected in food, travel, and drink. Uh, Now this is really the beating heart of what young people care about from an issues perspective. It's news. It's news. news It's a format of news. 100%. Um, So that's a lot of different brands. I like the idea that they're kind of all tied together uh, by some common traits, but does your data tell you anything interesting that the C-Space audience, the CES audience, would care about, about how people are consuming this content? Well, generally speaking, they spend more time with us than anybody in the competitive set. So from a loyalty perspective, our hypothesis around creating content specific to audiences that have passions that are unique plays out. They spend more time on the Dodo than any other pet brand. They spend more time with Seeker than any other science technology brand. That plays all the way through. In terms of cross-pollination, we're starting to see, in particular with Pop Sugar, some interesting connective tissue between Pop Sugar and Thrillist as it relates to food, Mm. uh, Pop Sugar and now this as it relates to issues. So there's going to be, I think, a treasure trove of uh, insights that we learn 10,000 feet up, but each unique brand has their own set of insights, whether it's what happens at a specific day part or behaviors or purchase intent. Uh, So it's really specific. How much does the brand matter and how much does the content matter? And is that even the right question? So what I'm getting at is somebody might come to your content because they see it on Facebook or somebody you know, sends a text message about this and they may enjoy it, they may watch it, but it may not consciously register that it's a now this video, for example, versus somebody who's loyally going to the website every day looking for this content. How do you think about that? It's a great, great question. So I think twofold. Number one, the shift from desktop to mobile and from linear to mobile video has facilitated a new generation of consumers that engage with content in the feed, on their phone. And so for us, number one, context of being on that device was critical. Number two, yes, the brand has to play an important role, in particular, now this news brand, trust, that now this 
moniker needs to be there. Otherwise, you're just living in an undifferentiated sea of, you know, news, quote unquote, brands. And I think uh, the same runs across all of the brands. It's really important to us. And I say, uh, always say that Group 9 is a house of brands because it is all about the brands. Group 9 is not a consumer-facing entity. We don't expect walking through the hallowed halls of CES that people are going to know Group 9 media, but they will absolutely know Pop Sugar, they'll know Thrillist, Seeker, The Dodo, and now this. So you're pumping out a lot of great content, but we can talk about content all day. However, you are the chief revenue officer, and ultimately this business has to make money. So what's your revenue model? How is it working? Do you have any secrets you can give to other media content companies about what to do? Listen close, everybody. I'm going to give it all away. Uh, so... Our model, first and foremost, obviously is ad-supported, uh, but that comes through a variety of lenses. So you have your obviously your standard display. We have a lot of written content on the native side that, in particular, on brands like Thrillist and Pop Sugar, are really core. More growth coming on the other brands. Uh, video obviously reigns supreme from now this the Dodo Seeker perspective, but also again an important part of Pop Sugar and Thrillist. So. Our strategy really is to offer solutions for all of our clients, depending on what their specific needs are. The benefit of having a portfolio of brands means that we can basically offer any solution to any advertiser without it being a one-size-fits-all. We have these specific passion points, these solutions, these formats, so we can go really surgical and do it through the lens of one salesperson calling on one client versus five across the brand. And so we have that central services model, which is the other piece to it. You also do branded content. I believe there's a sixth element of this, right? That's a branded content studio that you would create content for brands. Um, What are some of the best practices there? What have you learned about what works? And maybe more importantly, what doesn't work when you're creating branded content for someone else? So our model is a little bit unique in the sense that we have a brand marketer that is really the gatekeeper from commercial to editorial on every single brand. They fall under my org, but each one is basically responsible for that generation of branded content. So when you think about working with the brand shop, our branded content team, first and foremost, we have to understand what are the goals, what's the client's objectives, but really for the consumer, how is it organic and authentic to the brand that they're looking to activate on? So the brand marketer, I think, is our secret sauce in terms of if it's on Pop Sugar, how do we make sure that it's adding to the consumer experience on Thrillist, the Dodo, etc.? cetera? Uh, we don't want to create an experience that's overtly commercial. Mm-hmm. We want it to seem as high quality, as premium, and as natural as traditional editorial. So I think our brand marketer role really plays that, that, that central position of being a conduit for the entire process. And what does the data say about how people relate to that kind of content? I mean, there's always questions around, you know, how much you want to be honest with people that this is branded content versus how much you want to just show something that people came to the site to see, that kind of authentic pop sugar or thrillist brand. So how aware are people of this? How do they relate to this kind of content? They're hyper-aware. Our audience is really, really smart. They tell us through their engagement, the time spent, et cetera, whether some things are working or they're just not working. And so I think the real litmus is... Would we produce it, whether it was funded or not? And so nine out of 10 times, the answer is yes. There's always that one time where we might get asked something and we will figure out a solution. It may be a white label solution. It may be a fully branded solution, um, but it's also still going to be leveraging our insights so we make it perform. But I think generally speaking, it has to be um, really, again, about adding value to the consumer. And if you do that, then they'll speak through their engagement and 
that's what we aim to do with every piece of content we create. Any activity in the uh, AR, VR space? Um, so I think we've dabbled in that in the past. We did uh, like a 360 video with Samsung a couple of years ago. I think we're trying to uh, see what the maturation uh, is of those particular sectors. We've done a lot more, though, in voice uh, because we think it's a much more kind of seamless extension, both editorially and commercially. Uh, but I think, obviously, with... Um, with the proliferation of lenses on social and with things like the, the Oculus from a VR perspective, much more to come. I think we're just kind of, uh, I don't know that we'll be a fast mover or first mover in those two areas. So if I tell Siri to play the Now This headlines, for example, that something like that will happen? Absolutely. And where does the revenue model come in on that? Is there kind of a spoken word advertisement that plays at the end, or how does that work? No, I think it's really specific to the platform because every platform has their own rules, but I think generally right now it's about building the audience. So we want, if you're waking up in the morning and you're asking Alexa for the weather, the next particular request might be what's the news and mm -hmm. now this should be there or if I want to have a workout and I want it to be either voice guided or video based I can say I want to take pop sugar fitness skill and have that happen and so I think you know over the next five years voice assistants smart homes all of that stuff is really going to change the way we live our lives and we want to be at the forefront. I think every time there's a technological breakthrough, new brands, new media brands really come to the forefront. Would you advise somebody to create a media brand today from scratch? <laughs> I love media. I think I'm a voracious content consumer. I'm the wrong person to ask because I would say 100% yes. Yeah. Um, I think that there is an audience for every piece of content that you know is currently being created and then the content that has yet to be created. And so I think it's more about, is there a purpose for what you're doing or is it fully commoditized? Like, so when you think about SEO and Google and like, how do I do this? Yes, people should be creating that. I wouldn't build a media brand around mm -hmm. it. Maybe that's something that Google does on their own, but I think that's part of the challenge is there's like, you know, the differentiation in terms of traffic sources kind of leads people away from my brand purpose. And again, if your brand purpose is fully utility, then there's a world for that. But I think I'm more excited about creating purpose that is emotionally driven, that is engaging, that actually makes an impact on people's lives. Final question, 15 second lightning round. What is something everyone here at C-Space and CES should know about Generation Z, which is of course one of the audiences that you're targeting with your content? So really, really interesting. They are rediscovering science. Seeker, which is our science and technology brand on TikTok is blowing up. Everything that we're putting on there is going viral. And generally speaking, the audience is super young. So within the entire space, so you have Wired, Pop Mechanics, Pop Sci, that whole space. We have the youngest demo. We have the most engagement within Gen Z. And again, that litmus of TikTok being the proxy for Gen Z, super interesting that they're rediscovering science. So, so I if I want to be cool and young, I should get into science. 1,000%. <laughs> Jeff Schiller is the Chief Revenue Officer at Group 9 Media. Thank you for joining Thank us you. here. Absolutely. In the C-Space studio. Thank here you. at CES 2020, I'm James Kotecki. Keep it right here for more great interview content. This podcast is in partnership with the iHeart Podcast Network.